All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Straight Out Left. Well, the MLB trade deadline is finally passed, and man, was it a crazy Tuesday yesterday. So much insanity happened, and yeah, we've got a lot to dive into, so stick around. There's going to be a lot to talk about tonight. All right, good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this uh, MLB trade deadline recap. I already did my first part. Um, already. So this is going to be really just about the trades that happened yesterday on the actual deadline day. And yeah, kind of similar to the previous episode, I'll just give commentary about each one. And as I'm doing this, I'm actually watching uh, Juan Soto, where as I speak, w- make his first uh, plate appearance as a San Diego Padre. So as um, as I watch this, I'm going to talk about his trade first. I have a, a handy MLB article where just, it lists all the um, deadline deals. So I'll talk about it and give my uh, give my opinion as I go. This should hopefully this is a complete ish list. Um, but yeah, so one the, obviously the trade everyone is talking about uh, the insanity of the most insane thing part of an insane trade deadline. Juan Soto, as he's doing the solo shuffle right now in the batter's box, he's he's feeling good. Um, He's heading to, he heads to San Diego along with Josh Bell. So Nationals' biggest two trade chips, they trade both of them to San Diego. And man, this helps San Diego out a lot. And San Diego does have to give up a lot for these guys, but this could, this means so much for the Padres franchise, in my opinion, that it was, it's worth it. Because think about last, last summer, the, um, everyone was linking the Padres to acquiring Max Scherzer and or Trey Turner and the Dodgers snuck in at the last minute and scooped them away. And then the Padres season fell apart and the Dodgers went on. They didn't win the World Series, of course, but, you know, did usual Dodger things, made the playoffs after, um, uh, you know, a very solid season. But, yeah, the Padres really collapsed, and that was really disheartening. As Soto draws a walk, Chad Cole doesn't even want to pitch to him. I mean, come on, man. Anyway. So, yeah, I love this trade a lot because this just so shows that the Padres now, they're no longer the fun upstart franchise that they were back in 2020, the Slam Diego. You know, that was all fun, but now it's there's actually expectations now and they really need to do it, succeed actually, and now they are. Um, but, yeah, Bell fits in nicely, and so fits in nicely to this lineup, especially when Tatis gets back, it's going to get crazy. And the Padres have been doing fine, even without Tatis and Soto and Bell. But uh, this is just going to make their lineup even better and turn them into a really serious World Series contender. And the cool thing, too, is that I don't feel like Soto's going to be immediately demanding an extension from the Padres because, I don't know, I feel like, I just based on how I'm what I've seen so far, I feel like he's just going to enjoy being in San Diego for a little bit, and then they're going to worry about the extension. So, I mean, even without that, the Padres have him for two and a half years now at this point. So they got two and a half years of Juan Soto. They don't have to pay him the 30 or 40 million a year, whatever he's going to wind up getting paid quite yet if they don't want to. They can wait and see how this plays out. They do have tons of flexibility here. So this isn't like the Padres are immediately committing to having two gigantic contracts and Tatis and Soto on their books. They can... 
they can afford to be a little more flexible here. But yeah, I think so. I was excited to be be there. The Nationals do get a good um, return in this trade. They get Mackenzie Gore. They get C.J. Abrams. They get Robert Hassel III, James Wood, and Yarlene Susana, as well as Luke Voigt. And, of course, if you didn't know, the funny part about this trade was that part of the deal was that Eric Hosmer was going to go to Washington, but Hosmer still has his no-trade clause, and he vetoed it. So then the um, then the Nationals said, okay, we'll, we'll take Voigt then. And the Padres were like, okay, well, we're not going to blow this just because Hosmer doesn't want to leave or go to Washington, I should say. But man, if you're Voight, you gotta that has to be really weird for you. You were about to stay on a team with Juan Soto and be competitive, and now suddenly you're going to the arguably the worst team in the majors right now. But it is a good return. The Nationals, um, they're starting the rebuild process and they're doing the right things, I think. Now it sucks to see Soto leave Washington, but you know, they got a massive haul from and come give it about three to four years, the Nationals will be on paper, at least a force to be reckoned with, but man, just the magnitude of all this is crazy. And, you know, uh, let's see what's going on now. Bell's actually up at the plate. Uh, we had a double by Mr. Machado. So now Josh Bell's doing his first Padre at bat. Bell's the kind of the been lost in the shovel here, but man, he's going to be good for the Padres too. And, um, his, um, his addition made Voight and Hosmer both ex- expendable. So I guess I'll stay on the Padres. Um, I'll stay on the Padres on the Hosmer thing for a second because they. Um, so then they did flip Hosmer, but to the Red Sox. So Hosmer must have figured Boston would be a better situation to go into, and he was willing to take that trade. All they got back from was a left-hand pitcher named Jay Groom, who I don't believe is a major has major league experience. But um. Yeah, interesting trade for Boston. They acquired some pieces, but they let some big pieces go. They didn't let like a Devers or a Bogarts or a Martinez go, so they still do have the core of their lineup. So it was just they didn't they didn't get better at the deadline. Hosmer definitely is going to be an improvement at first base. I mean, so you can hate on on him all you want, but he's a decent hitter and he is a good fielder. So he'll be a He'll solidify a position that has not been really solid for Boston all year. But again, I don't think the Red Sox are going to get any better because of the moves that they made. They're they're maintaining the status quo. Maybe they think they can still win with this group, but uh, given the rotation, how iffy it is, and the bullpen not exactly being the strongest, I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about about this. Um, let's see. Bell's still out up. It's two two. This would be a big way. This would be a fun way to start off his Padres career to get a two RBI single. Ball three. All right. Um, next trade we want to talk about. Let's do um the uh, the New York Yankees acquiring Joey Gallo. All it took was um the Dodgers' number fifteen prospect in pitcher Clayton Beater, and Gallo is now uh, a Dodger. And this makes sense. Uh, the Gallo, I'm pretty sure, wanted to be out of New York. Uh, the Yankees wanted him gone. He doesn't fit in anymore with the additions of Andrew Bantendi and of uh, Harrison Bader, which I'll get to in a second. But, um, yeah, so Yankees get some pitching depth. Bell also draws a walk. So now the bases are loaded. Okay, well, the interesting part of this game is over. No, I'm kidding. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it as I go, but i got to focus on the trades here. Um, we've got, yeah, so Gallo... 
hopefully just a change of scenery will help him kind of find his stroke a little bit because just whatever it was, you know, maybe maybe it was just the pressure of playing in New York. You've got a ton of spotlight on you, although the being in L.A. isn't that much better necessarily. But he'll saw in it at kind of the starting left field spot, um, sharing time with guys like Trace Thompson and James Altman. You can maybe see some sort of platoon there possibly. Uh, the Dodgers are battling a few injuries right now. I mean, they've got uh, Turner and Taylor are out, and uh, as well as Kevin Pillar. So their outfield depth is definitely a little thin. They have, um, yeah. So Gallo could definitely really, Im- if Do- if Gallo can improve a little bit, he would be a big plus to a Dodgers lineup that doesn't necessarily need a ton of help. But you know, more powers, al- more firepower is always nice, especially considering how the. Um, things went with san diego because san diego got so much better um yeah it's interesting the dodgers really did not their their deadline overall was pretty underwhelming there wasn't a lot where they were like oh wow the dodgers did so much they they made some small kind of marginal improvements but nothing too big this is a little interesting uh noah Syndergaard got flipped from the angels to the phillies um he's a pure rental for the phillies is on a one-year deal um, in exchange, the Angels gave up uh, Mickey Moniak. Uh, Moniak, the former number one overall pick from 2016, he has um, not hit at all at the major league level. He has one home run in 47 MLB games and a 129 batting average. Um, but I like this trade for Philadelphia, and you know, if maybe something can work out for the um, for the uh, Angels, and Moniak will finally realize his potential and give a some insurance along with Mike Trout in the outfield, but this is good for Philadelphia because they have the makings of a good rotation, but they really need, they need to be really good, especially given the loss of a uh, Zach Eflin for the foreseeable future. Um, Yeah. But now that rotation you've got, um, and you're not relying on Syndergaard to be your ace. You just need him to be a solid number three because you've got Nola and Wheeler, then Syndergaard and then Gibson's a solid number four starter. And then, you got like Ranger Suarez, and then if Eflin is able to get back, then that makes things even better. Um, yeah, but good move for the Phillies. I like this a lot, um, and I'm glad to see Syndergaard back on a contending team again. Uh, it'd be awesome to see him back pitching in meaningful, uh, uh, meaningful uh, baseball again in October. Oh my goodness, Brandon Jury, the other acquisition for the Padres, just hit a grand slam in his first at bat as a Padre. Well, that trade seems like the best so far for the Padres. Uh, let's let's skip ahead to him then. Um, the last guy the Padres got, or I think it's hard to keep track of everything. The Padres did so much, man. They got Hater. Um, good move by the Reds to trade Drury. You don't know if he's going to keep his production up, although it looks like he might be. But uh, get some value for him when you brought him in, kind of as a utility player. And the Padres, he helps uh, with that. In middle infield, which has been a little iffy with the absence of Tatis, like Hassan Kim has not exactly been the best. He can play all over the place. So you can kind of fit him in wherever you need him, which the Padres do have good, pretty good utility in their lineup, but it doesn't hurt to have more more of that. Um, yeah, so good move, I think, on the um, on the Padre on the uh, Padres and the Reds part. Um. Let's see, I skipped ahead a bunch, so where else are we? So I talked about Gallo. Let's talk about, oh, this is an interesting one. The uh, Braves acquiring Raciel Iglesias for Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson, do, doing that deal with the Angels. 
Uh, given Kenley Jansen's heart condition, we hope he gets well soon. And that, um, you know, it's always scary when you're dealing with that. But having Iglesias in there, now they're going to be paying him a lot as a closer, paying him three, uh, I believe. Um, he's got, well, this is the first year of his four-year $58 million deal, so they're paying him a lot of money as long as they keep him around. But he's been a solid closer, 3.13 ERA uh, for a career and 156 saves. He is very dependable. Um, given the departure of Will Smith, you want to make sure you kind of replenish that bullpen a little bit. And then this is interesting because Jesse Chavez, who was sent from Atlanta to Los Angeles, this is his record ninth time being traded, I believe, is what it said. Um, so, yeah, he has the most times being traded for an LB player ever. Actually, he had that already, and then it happened again. So, yeah, this guy just keeps getting flipped. So, yeah, good move for the Braves and the Angels, you know. getting They're obviously have given up on this year, and they're selling whatever off they can. But who knows where they go from here? You're in a really tough spot if you're the Angels. And my Twins. I'm going to talk about all the Twins moves all at once. So, First move, getting uh, Tyler Molly from the Cincinnati Reds for three prospects, including Spencer Steer, Stephen Hajar, and Christian Encarnacion Strand. Um, if I was the Twins, I would have tried to get maybe a higher profile starter, but as I read um, earlier today, doing someone like that might have required you to give up a really significant part of the farm, maybe even like a Jose Miranda, which we, I think and Carlos Correa was vouching for the Twins to not trade Miranda, and I agree with him. It was kind of an interesting take how Correa was offering so much suggestion to the Twins front office about what they should and shouldn't do. But hey, when you're paying him $35 million a year, I guess he has the right to say something. He's a big deal around here. Um, but Molly will be a good um, fit in the rotation. It's just hopefully Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan can really step up and be the one-two punch. And then Molly can also, he's been, looked really good Um really good since his uh, injury. He started off the year pretty rough, but as did all the Reds. But now things are getting better. So Molly fits in nicely, I think. It's not maybe the ideal move, but it works out well. Um, He does have an extra year of control after this too, which is nice. And then we got two relievers. I was big on this. I thought the Twins definitely needed one reliever, but it would have been nice to get two, and we got two. We got Jorge Lopez from Baltimore. Great move for the Twins. Not so great move for the Orioles because why tear everything down when you're doing so well? But I guess just keep it going. The Twins did give up four four players for Lopez, so the Orioles got a nice return. And then we also got Michael Fulmer, Fulmer for one pitching prospect. Um, this is good. Um, definitely gives the Twins a lot of depth in the bullpen now because now I'm thinking our top three bullpen arms are Lopez, uh, Duran, and Fulmer. And then you've got Pagan, Jax, and... Um, Moran or Moran as your kind of next three. So that's six. So as long as we're not putting Pagan and Jackson to like high leverage situations, I like this move a lot. It gives the twins so much depth. I mean, I think if you're putting out Pagan for the seventh inning, sure, that's fine. But at this point, I don't want him closing, but now he doesn't have to. So now you've got really big bullpen. I haven't even said names like Tyler Duffley or Tyler McGill yet. So the twins bullpen suddenly looks pretty strong on paper after this. So, Good stuff there. Uh, the Phillies got David Robertson um, from the Cubs. Uh, big move for them. Um, he is a, he is a former Philly. He had the infamous two-year contract with Philadelphia, but he only threw seven innings before Tommy John surgery took him down. So now he's back in Philadelphia. Anchors that bullpen, pairs in nicely with Brad Hand and uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez. 
um, take some of the load off Jerry's Familias. He's still on the Phillies. I've noticed he's been really bad. I think, do they DFA him? They might have DFA'd him. Yeah, I think he's gone. Yeah, so now it's uh, Robertson, Hand, Nabel, and uh, Dominguez. So that's a pretty good bullpen right there, on paper at least. So yeah, the Phillies definitely got a lot better this um, this uh, trade deadline. They also brought in um, Brandon Marsh from the Angels, uh, gives them some an actual center fielder. Great defense. Um, I like this a lot. Um, Angels again trying to get value for whoever they can. And yeah, I mean, even when Bryce Harper comes back, Marshall will definitely still be useful for a team that definitely needs some defensive help. Harrison Bader would have been a good take for the um, for the uh, Phillies, but instead he's going to the Yankees, which honestly, this move is a little confusing. The Yankees had a very... Uh, no, well, they didn't have an... Uh, they did get Ben Denny. That was a big thing that they needed to do, and they got him. So there you go. Um, but bringing in Harrison Bader is a little confusing... To me, at least, um, he is on the IL with plantar fasciitis, so it's kind of hard to see where he would fit in once he comes back. But I mean, are you just? Does this mean that Aaron Hicks is not getting any more time? But the the hard part is, is that once uh, Stanton gets back, Judge moves to center, stands in right, because you gotta give DH time to Torres and Carpenter, or you put Carpenter in right and stand DH. So then where's Bader Finn? Is he really just a defensive replacement? And if so, why did the Yankees give up Jordan Montgomery for that? I feel like they should have gotten a little more for him. But yeah, I not bad move. I mean, Bader Bader is definitely a valuable player to have. It's just a little um I don't know, a little underwhelming if you're the Yankees. But hey, I'm not all I'm not one who is a Yankee supporter or enthusiast, so I'll uh I'll take a quiet deadline from them. All right, man. I've got. I said this was going to be an extended episode because there's a lot to get to, and I want to make sure I give each trade its uh, a little bit of time at least. Okay, let's see. Iglesias. Um, oh, this is interesting. Um, one can only assume that Whit Merrifield has uh, made a significant personal medical decision because now he is going to Toronto. So not just, man, I would have... Never guess this is this might be actually the most shocking trade of the whole deadline. Actually, kind of not actually, but um, Rose got a good return. They got um, Max Castillo, who has a little bit of MLB experience, and then uh, Samad Taylor, who's a utility player. Um, a little bit of good return there. I think I like Castillo, I think he could turn into a good pitcher in the future. And uh, the Royals did get something from Airfield. It might be, you know, Merrifield might be kind of starting to age a little bit. He is 33, and he was definitely having a down year, but he provides so much versatility for Toronto. If anyone gets hurt and they're playing center field or really any outfield spot or anywhere in the infield except for first base or catcher, Merrifield can fill in and fill in well. And come playoff time, you need guys like that who can also just come off the bench and just fill in and also have speed. Versatility is huge. I love this move for the Blue Jays. Um, let's see. Talked about Drury. Talked about Marsh. Oh, the interesting thing about the Marsh trade is the Angels did get a catching prospect, um, Logan O'Hop, who is Philly's number three prospect, but with Grumio to assign to a long term extension, uh, doesn't make sense for the Phillies to keep him. So, yeah, Angels might have their catcher of the future here. I'm looking at this kid's scouting report. I think he could turn to something pretty good. Um, Mets acquired Darren Ruff from the Giants for J.D. Davis, Thomas Zapuki. Zapucky, Nick Zwack, and Carson Seymour. 
Um, I know Zapuki has a little bit of experience, and Jay Davis, of course, has a good chunk of Major League experience. Um, This is interesting. I don't know if the Mets really needed to make this move, but they did. And, you know, you got to keep getting better as you go along. So I guess looking at this, uh, Ruff just fits in as a nice uh, right-handed bat. They did get left-handed bat. A left-handed bat in Vogelbach. So I guess uh, Ruff kind of is the platoon option with that, you could say. Um, yeah, gives them some good bench depth, along with uh, Naquin now. I mean, this Mets bench is looking pretty solid. So yeah, was, yeah. normally when you look at a team, you don't look at their deadline needs and say they need to add bench players, but the Mets definitely did. So this was a, this was a good move, I think. Uh, let's see. Let's see how those Padres are doing. It's still 5 nothing. Um, Top of the second. Snell's on the mound. Honestly, too, um, if the if Mackenzie Gore is still pitching like Mackenzie Gore, um, like he was at the beginning of the year, I would have been a little more uncertain about trading him. But given how he's kind of hit a wall recently, I, yeah, no problems dealing him there. Uh, Blue Jays also got some uh, relief depth in Anthony Bass and Zach Pop from the Marlins for um, the A second overall prospect in all of the major leagues, Jordan Gro- Groshans. Um, so yeah, uh, Marlins get a good prospect in return for two relievers who are having solid years. Um, Bass uh, Bass is a one point four one ERA. He's been really solid this year, and Zach Pop will also provide a little bit of depth. And yeah, the Blue Jays bullpen it wasn't a terrible bullpen. It just needs a little bit of an upgrade. May, may, like save Jorge Lopez for the Twins, but yeah, get an Anthony Bass and a Zach Pop in there. That'll be good. Um, take a little bit of the pressure off of Romano. Um, I like this trade a lot. The uh, Astros get a good lefty reliever in Will Smith. He returns to um, no, no, he never. No, I'm thinking of Will Harris. No, Will Smith goes to Houston for the first time, and the Braves get Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi gives the Braves a little bit um, more rotation depth um, because, you know, like Freed and uh, um, Wright have been really solid this year, but uh, Charlie Moore is starting to show a little bit of age, and Ion Anderson has not been the greatest. Oh, and I can't forget rookie sensation Spencer Strider, but Odorizzi just provides – they don't need him to be an ace. They just need him to be a solid three or four starter, eat up some innings, and provide a little bit of a – Provide some help in October because if you're the Braves, you got to be preparing to uh, get back get back in that playoff race. Oh, um, correction about earlier. Kenley Jansen is back, so he is um, he's good for now. So yeah, um, glad he's glad he's okay. That makes that bullpen even better. And yeah, for Houston, um, you know Houston's just trying to get better, and everywhere the Yankees are getting better, so they're trying to kind of match it at this point. That's good. But yeah, um, and you don't need Will Smith to be, I mean, he's the only lefty in this bullpen right now, so that's good. But yeah, you don't need him to be the guy. You got Presley and Montero and Neris and Stanek. You've got a good bullpen, but uh, Smith adds a little bit of versatility there being a lefty. Um, What else we got? We got Kirk Casale and Matt Boyd from the Giants to the Mariners. Um, I think Casale's just um, some catching depth behind Kyle Rock. Cal Raleigh and Luis Torrens, both of whom have Raleigh's been pretty solid after a terrible start, but uh, Casale has a lot of um, um, defensive prowess that Raleigh maybe lacks. And um, also Casale was a favorite catcher of Luis Castillo. So that's a big, 
big thing. Speaking of Castillo, he had a great first outing for the Mariners today. They were they were playing against New York in the Bronx, and Garrett Cole got absolutely shelled. And Castillo gave him six solid innings. Draw he's already drawing comparisons to King Felix, but this is a that again is a huge move for Seattle. And thinking about all the other teams who could have gone, the fact that he goes to Seattle makes the season that much more interesting. Brewers um, got Trevor Rosenthal from the Giants for Tristan Peters, a minor leaguer. Um, he just signed with Rosenthal just signed with the giants like two weeks ago. He's recovering from thoracic outlet syndrome and they're, I guess they're still just hoping that he can be, um, elite treasure, Trevor Rosenthal. We saw during 2020, but yeah, what is it about this guy? He keeps popping back up after his career seemingly dies. I don't know how it works. Uh, the Mariners got Jake Lamb from the Dodgers for cash or a player to be named later. That's always fun. Um, I'm curious, actually, I haven't looked yet. Where would Lamb fit in? He's a good utility guy. Um, I guess they're just thinking of him as kind of a lefty bench bat. I mean, because you got Suarez at third, and in the outfield you got Lewis, Kelnick, and Winker. Well, uh, Rodriguez should be back from a, hopefully be back soon from his uh, uh, wrist uh, injury. Hopefully it's not too serious. And Hanniger should be coming back soon, too. But yeah, just some just some versatility, some a little bit of power off the bench. That's always nice to have. Um, what else we got? We've got uh, Blue Jays got Mitch White from the Dodgers, along with um, Alex DeJesus, who's the Dodgers' nineteenth overall prospect for Nick for a couple uh, pitching prospects. Um, I wonder if that's interesting because White has debut with the Dodgers. And he hasn't looked terrible, but he hasn't looked great. Um, but yeah, um, DeJesus comes in too. He's a pretty solid prospect from what I've heard. Um, I think, uh, I'm not seeing him on the active roster. I think they're having him in the, they're going to continue to develop. Yeah. They're going to continue to develop him in triple a Buffalo and see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting move. The Dodgers normally don't give up on young pitchers that quickly. I guess not give up, but just deal them. Uh, the Royals got Brent Rooker from the Padres for Cam Gallagher. Um, Gallagher will be a great backup catcher for uh, Jorge Alfaro. Um, uh, Rooker has um, mashed at AAA, but he hasn't actually played for the Padres, I believe, uh, since the Taylor Rogers trade. So, yeah, the Royals get a guy who, you know, they can see what they got. And Cam Gallagher, who's actually been a Royals um, on, in the Royals organization for 12 years. So, this is kind of a bittersweet thing for him he's leaving the only organization he's ever known but being salvador Perez's backup is it takes a pretty a guy who's really willing to fly under the radar i guess but yeah um it'll be exciting for him to get uh you know get a taste of postseason baseball again and then uh on uh let's see speaking of catchers the reds got austin romine given the return of yaira molina romine was expendable so the Cardinals got some cash for him and the reds got another catcher um, the Cardinals did acquire Austin Allen um, for more depth, I guess. They want more flexible catching depth is what it seems like. Uh, the, you know, they can keep uh, optioning Allen as they need um, from the A's. Pirates acquire minor league pitcher Jeremy Beasley from the Blue Jays. So the Pirates did add the deadline. But hey, thankfully they didn't trade, uh, they didn't trade Reynolds. Thank you for listening to me. All right, we're almost done here. Uh, the Twins acquired, I forgot about this one Twins deal. The Twins acquired Sandy Lone from the Guardians for relief pitcher Ian Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton has only 15 innings of Major League experience. He pitched a little bit for the Twins this year. 
Um, nothing, uh, nothing too spectacular. But uh, Sandy Leone would be a good backup given that Ryan Jeffers has a thumb injury that's going to keep him out for a while. Um, and he plays first game for the Twins and hit a double. So, you know, maybe Gary Sanchez isn't the answer anymore. Maybe it's Sandy Leone. I do think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to look up baseball reference here, but Leone does have a little bit of playoff experience too with Boston. So if the Twins make the playoffs, having a guy like Leone who, yeah, 2018 World Series champion with Boston, and he's had some solid years as a backup catcher. So, you know, not going to be your starter, but a little bit of ve- good veteran presence, knows how to handle the playoffs. He is a career 250 hitter in the playoffs. And yeah, he m- made it uh, three straight years with Boston, uh, got to the ALCS and the World Series in 2018. Um, yeah, so solid kind of under the radar trade, and we didn't have to go up a lot for him. Uh, no Guardians. The Guardians did not wind up acquiring Sean Murphy, which was kind of disappointing. I thought that would have been a really interesting trade for them. As a division rival, I didn't really want it to happen, but it would have made sense. And I don't think I talked about these trades because they happened really late after the episode I made on Monday. Um, Robbie Grossman's going from uh, Detroit to Atlanta for for, uh, um, a pitching prospect named Chris Anglin. Um, I like this move. I like Robbie Grossman a lot, especially now in, De- in Detroit. He had to be like one of the guys and maybe just, you know, he can't do that. He can't always do that. He's shown flashes of that, but definitely a great bench bat given that he's a switch hitter and he can get on base a lot when he's on his game. He def- definitely provides a little bit of outfield depth, whether he returns into the next day, Rosario or Jock Pearson or Jorge Soler remains to be seen. But, you know, I mean, they got Michael Harrison Acuna or anchoring down two of those spots. And then they've got uh, Ozuna as a DH slash left fielder, and they've also got Rosario kind of fitting in there too. I think what they're kind of envisioning is a platoon between Rosario and Grossman. So yeah, Grossman is a nice um, depth piece, and he'll um, provide some insurance in case, uh, yeah, just Rosario or Ozuna isn't, they still aren't 100% as we get to the playoffs. And then last but not least... We've got Matt Bush going from Texas to Milwaukee. Bush, of course, is an incredible story. He's been with the Rangers for a long time now, but it was a time for him to move on, I guess. Um, Shore up the bullpen a little bit, I guess. It's a little bit of an interesting, uh, you know, he's been he's a solid reliever. Uh, 2.95 ERA in 36 and two-thirds innings this year, so... He'll hope to replenish the Braves, the Brewers bullpen. The thing is, the Brewers bullpen's still really good, even without Hader. You've got Rogers, who arguably is a top five closer when he's on his game, and that could happen in the flip of a switch. You got Devin Williams still. Now you've got uh, Bush. You got some other arms like Boxberger and uh, Hobie Milner. Um, so yeah, um, he could fit in nicely there. Um, they gave up uh, Mark Mathias, who has um who has some MLB experience and uh, Milwaukee's number 16 prospect, Antoine Kelly. So yeah, that is it for all the trades. Now in terms of um, grading, it's always hard to grade trades when it's just happened. You know, I don't think I'm going to go through and grade every team and how they did. Um, I definitely give some like some hot takes right at the beginning, but you just don't know how things are going to pan out. Maybe something is really wrong with Josh Hader and he's like, his arm's about to fall off and he's never going to be good again. In which case the Brewers made out like bandits. And you know, maybe, uh, maybe Eric Hosmer wins a triple crown now that he's in Boston. Who, who know, we don't know how it's going to turn out, 
But some initial takes I've got, I guess. First, um, as a Twins fan, I'll just say this. I'm happy with the deadline. I'm not thrilled, but I'm definitely happy. I'm very satisfied. I'm glad we got two relievers and a solid starter. Um, The Twins are obviously showing a vote of confidence in their current lineup as it stands, which I think is definitely not a bad thing. Um, once, uh, you know, we, we still got some guys who are still trying to figure things out. Like Polanco needs to heat up a little bit and, um, we need to get Kepler back off the aisle, but yeah, there's a lot that can, there's a lot that can go right for the twins, but they definitely need to improve their pitching depth, which they aggressively did. So I'm happy with that. Um, kind of an underwhelming deadline. If you're the Yankees or the Dodgers, not, um, you know, you, the Yankees made some move. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to say that. The Yankees had a good deadline. The Dodgers definitely were a little underwhelming. But uh, also interesting, the Astros did everything that the Yankees did. They they matched the Yankees pound for pound, basically, and even, I'd say, had a better deadline. They got they addressed their two weak spots of catcher and first base. So they got their lineup nicely rounded out now. They um, upgraded their bullpen a little bit. They didn't upgrade the rotation at all, but there was really not necessarily a need to. They do have a surplus of depth. Um, but yeah, the Yankee, the Astros and the Yankees are really, you know, I think everything in the AL is kind of pointing to uh, another clash uh, between the Astros and the Yankees at some point in the playoffs. And man, is that going to be must-see TV. Um, Padres, of course, this um, so trade is really going to... Sh- shake up the future of the sport honestly i mean who knows where san diego can go with this guy this year and in the next couple years beyond if not even further depending on whether or not they decide to offer him an extension that the extension they want and man in two years a little over two years from now we could be talking about juan soto again in even more exciting ways about no he's not staying in san diego where what team is going to give him that 15 year 500 million dollar deal or whatever he wants um you know, uh, I think uh, the teams that sold, for the most part, that needed to sell, sold. Um, the Reds did. The Pirates did, but not too much, which I thought was good. They kept Reynolds around. They could have traded Bednar, and I would have been fine with that, but they kept him around. Uh, the Orioles definitely, you know, maybe getting rid of Mancini and Lopez was not I don't know. It's definitely the right move in terms of just following the process and trying to keep building and building for the future. But given how exciting this year's been, it's kind of tough to see them go. But uh, hey, it's uh, it's all for the best, I guess. But yeah, and it's good to see them so far ahead of schedule. So even with the pain of these trades, I mean, just they did get some good pieces in return. So things are definitely looking up in Baltimore. The, the end is definitely in sight. Red Sox, very confusing. Uh, the Rays didn't do a lot. They kind of, they got Peralta, and that is huge. Um, uh, Toronto improved in small ways, which uh, tweaked things up a little bit. It's always good. Um, I'm kind of just going through all the teams. Cleveland really didn't do much. They didn't trade anyone away super significant, but they didn't really add anyone, so they were kind of content to just be a 500 team, I guess. The White Sox, what the heck is going on there? They did not. They got one reliever and on paper, they really don't need to add anything. It's just the team as it stands right now, is just not getting it done. They need a shake. They needed a shake up and they didn't get it, but Hey, I will gladly take that as a twins fan. Just keep doing what you're doing. White Sox and keep uh, shooting yourselves in the foot. Cause it's working out great. Uh, Royals 
part ways with a lot of players, including uh, some fan favorites like uh, Whit Merrifield, so that's always tough. Uh, the Tigers didn't necessarily trade away everybody. I mean, they could have traded away like Jimenez or Soto or Scooball, like they were saying. Uh, but they they dumped a couple of relievers. Andrew Chafin's still with them, which is surprising. Dumped dumped some uh, pitching and uh, some hitting, but not a lot. They didn't do too much. Angels fire sale commenced. They didn't trade Otani, but they traded a lot of other pieces. The A's really didn't, you know. Well, they did trade Montes and Trevino. Man, August first feels like so long ago. Even though it was only two days ago. I'm forgetting about all those moves. Um. So yeah, the A's did what they needed to do. They didn't trade away absolutely everybody they could, but they traded away quite a few people. Uh, the Rangers really didn't do much. I'm fine with that. Uh, Mariners got a lot better at this deadline. That's that's always good. Um, Braves are definitely moving and shaking. Mets did a lot to get better too, in little ways. Not necessarily the most flashy trades, but they um they've definitely improved. Marlins uh didn't deal everyone they could have. Um, they're obviously not gonna. They don't want. I guess they don't want to tear everything down. This year, they want to keep that foundation in place for next year, I guess, is the idea, um, which is respectable. I think that they're moving in the right direction as a franchise. It's just that it's happening a little slower than maybe we would like. Um, Philadelphia got a lot better this deadline, um, making trades for the bullpen and the rotation and uh, the lineup. They, they've been super good recently or I guess not super, super good, but I mean, since the Girardi firing, they've really, uh, they've turned their season around. So just keep moving in that upward trajectory and they should finally make the playoffs. We're not going to talk about Washington, although they did get a really nice haul back. So this was definitely, you know, those deadline really, really sucks. If you're a Nats fan, it does. Um, it does, uh, look prom The future looks promising. They definitely got a lot of value back for, uh, Soto and Bell. Um, who else have I talked about? I guess I'm going through the central, um, the Brewers kind of an underwhelming deadline, but it could, you know, this team could start clicking. I mean, Yelich is on, um, I believe a 12 game hitting streak at this point. So maybe he's starting to figure it out. And then, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't need Josh Hader. Maybe Devin Williams is your closer and you can, I mean, that bullpen's still a strength and that rotation with return of Freddie Peralta tonight should improve still. But yeah, um, the Cubs. Okay, this is actually interesting. I want to talk about this. The Cubs did not really trade that many people. They got rid of Robertson, which was ex- totally expected. But the two, like um, the emotional trades that we were expecting to see was uh, for two longtime Cubs, Ian Happ and uh, uh, Wilson Contreras were going to be gone. But they are still Chicago Cubs. So it's... Uh, it's interesting. I'm really surprised, especially with Contreras, given that he is a free agent at the end of the year. But, um, you know, maybe they've got a plan to give him a contract and keep him in Chicago for a while. And uh, let's see. Hap. Hap is controllable, I believe. Where is he on the payroll? See, I should have just have all this stuff memorized in my head, but I don't. Hap's got one more year of arbitration left. So he wasn't a must trade, but he's having a career year, so... But, hey, I mean, I'm all in favor of the Cubs keeping the game around and, you know, turning out a somewhat watchable team. It's not been pretty this year, but maybe they're seeing that they can. This doesn't have to be a full-down tank. Maybe they don't need to strip everything down. Maybe it's just kind of a reset. See, that's interesting when you're a team and you've got to figure out what you're doing with your future. Where do you toe that line between, like, maybe the tear it down, everything down completely tank is... It's easier to do because you don't have to really discern anything. You just value, you got a valuable player, trade them. 
just trade everybody. And it's painful, but and the idea is that it should bear fruit, but it's a long process. But then I think a good GM is the one that can figure notice that, hey, we don't need to tear everything down. Our farm system isn't as bad as we think it is. Let's just retool, have two or three down years, but not like 100 lost years, but like 90 lost years where we're not like absolutely miserable. Because, yeah, there's a, there's a difference between watching a team that loses 90 games and a team that loses 110. There's a big difference. I mean, I'll still I'll still get excited about a team that loses 90 games a little bit. If the Twins were in that position, which they have been before, it's just when they get down to like losing 100, 105 games that then you're like, okay, this is just terrible to watch. But, I mean, yeah, they kept some names around. They've got Suzuki. They've got Contreras. They've got Hap. They've got... Um, Strowman, they've got, um, they still got my guy Kyle Hendricks, although he's not really what he used to be. I've got a uh, Nico Horner. They got, I got a decent, decent core here. Maybe you can keep building on it. I don't know. Um, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are interesting because they lost on the so sweepstakes. Um, adding Jordan Montgomery for them is a, is huge. I'm definitely a supporter of that and Quintana. So they got two starting pitchers to address, a. A, a slight pain point for them. So all in favor of that. Um, yeah, in this rotation, you got Mikolas, you got Quintana, you got Wainwright, you got Montgomery. So yeah, not not too... And Dakota Hudson. And then maybe Jay Flair will finally be healthy. But couple that with an amazing bullpen. Um, this Cardinals team is definitely not going to go away quietly. And then the Diamondbacks, you know, they didn't do too much. They did trade a... Peralta, but they didn't. Re- I don't think they really got rid of anyone else. So pretty quiet, relatively for them. They could have really sold a lot of players, but they just had to keep kind of stand pat. And they haven't been awful this year. So, like I said, not a hundred and ten loss team by any means this year. I mean, I'm fully expecting them to still win well over seventy games. And then the Rockies, of course, the Rockies didn't. They extend Daniel Bard, which really doesn't make sense. But again, the Rockies don't follow the rules and they do whatever they want. So yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like I said, Dodgers and Padres, those are interesting. And the Giants, they definitely did not do a fire sale like people were thinking, but they didn't really get better. So maybe they believe in their current group, or maybe they're just content to route the season as a borderline playoff team that's probably going to miss it. But yeah, um, so now we're trade deadlines past us, and now we're looking ahead to the playoffs. And man, this is going to be a fun ride down the stretch. stretch. It's just... Uh, there's a lot of baseball to look forward to, and I'm super excited to tune in for the rest of it. All right, and uh, with that, thank you for listening to this very, very long episode. Um, I'm going about 15 minutes over what I usually do. But, yeah, exciting times. And um, next episode, I'm probably going to get out uh, Friday night or over the weekend. That will probably be my Players of the Month um, awards for July, which I need to start researching. But, yeah. Also, just um, wanted to say, if you, you listen to this show a lot, thanks for keeping putting up with the somewhat inconsistent uploading schedule. I wish I could be more consistent. It's just where I'm at right now in, in life, honestly. And this isn't like me being like, oh, I'm too busy and I have anxiety and I can't do it. It's just I am very busy because I'm in a transitional period where I'm ending my summer internship and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for work after that. And there's the potential of me moving like far away or not moving at all or like moving somewhat close. I mean, I, I could go anywhere at this point. So I'm just trying 
at the drop of a hat, I may have to like put the show on hold and not make episodes while I figure life stuff out. But just, I appreciate you in advance. I just want to say, I appreciate you guys sticking with this and uh, yeah, keep listening. I'm, and honestly, even if this isn't like a huge, if this never becomes a giant show that everyone listens to, I mean, I really don't care because I just, I have a lot of fun doing this and I hope you can tell that. And, you know, whether you appreciate that or not, that's fine. I just, just wanted to say that, yeah, I have a lot of fun making the show and I'm going to keep doing as much as I can. Just know that given where I'm at, at currently, it I might have to put things on hiatus, but we'll have to see. But if I can, I'm going to try to keep getting episodes out. So just just always know that. All right, and that is going to do it for another exciting episode of Straight Out Left. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. As always, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple, and many other podcasting platforms. Make sure you get a five-star review or a follow or do whatever you got to do to make sure it shows up in your feed. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at straightoutleft.pod. Uh, that's the handle for it. Um, thank you all for listening. I will talk to you all again soon.